Hi friends, welcome to the Bible Project Daily Podcast. The project is to work through the whole Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Welcome as we join together on this amazing journey. Now today we're in the third of three sessions when we've been looking at this long list of names in Genesis chapter 36 and I preceded it by asking you the question, have you ever wondered what happened to people that you've known in the past? You know, we've not just uh, famous people like movie stars or pop stars, but maybe people that you went to school with, people that you've lost touch with. And you've thought, I wonder what happened to them or where are they now? Well, something very similar has been happening together in this book of Genesis. So join with us as we, uh, we kick off and close off this chapter. Quick reminder that if you're visiting uh, us today for the first time, maybe you just arrived here because you were looking for an individual study in Genesis chapter 36, that the, the transcript for this, and in fact the entire back catalogue of transcripts, is available uh, in the episode notes of any audio version of the podcast that you might be listening to. So you just go in there, it doesn't matter where you receive, you're receiving it from, Click on episode notes and you'll see a transcript of approximately what I've said, along with other links of ways of accessing other uh, material and other ways of, of, of finding out and accessing the ministry. But with that in mind, that'll be it for now. I'll pop back and see you at the end and got some important information. But other than that, we'll just jump in where we left off last time in the main text. Bye for now. Okay, picking up exactly where we left last time, we're at the end of chapter 36, but I'd like us to actually end by just looking for a moment at the beginning of chapter 37, because Genesis chapter 37, the first sort of opening one and a half verses tell us this, Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of the family line of Jacob. So I'm going to conclude the study of Genesis chapter 36 by just looking at where this particular story ends. Now the reason I'm going to do this is it's not just me. Most commentaries on Bible scholars, when they look at the book of Genesis, agree that the middle of this verse is the end of a section. In fact, it's when the writer brings up that phrase again that we've talked about many times, which marks the transition from one section to another. This is the account of the Jacob's family line, or this is the generations of, if you're using an older fashioned translation. So clearly he started out in chapter 36 when he said this is the generation of Esau, and that was verses 1 to 9. And he ends up this section, this generational section, here in 37 by saying that Jacob dwelt in the land. And then it launches off in what will be a new section for us. So, all right, if we're going to sum up this whole list of names in this chapter, I'd say to put it in the very simplest terms, it's telling us about what became of Esau who is, of course, Jacob's brother. And its purpose is to tell us, to show us, to remind us that he came to Edom 
and the Edomites will figure again later in the account of the nation of Israel as it is revealed as we progress in further into the Bible. That's the point. He moved there, he saw moved there, and his descendants become the tribes and kings of the nation, nations that become Edom. But what's the spiritual point of the chapter? What are we meant to learn from it? Well, I'd just like to try and make some suggestions. Now, I think it's important that within the context of the Old Testament that we understand who he is and where Edom comes from. Because as soon as we get out of the book of Genesis and get further into the Pentateuch, the next four books of the Bible, we're going to encounter Edom and the Edomites quite a lot. So the overall context of the Old Testament, what we have been looking at, is the very roots of Edom. And looking at the fact that the descendants of Edom were the brothers of the descendants of Israel, because both nations came out of these two brothers, Jacob and Esau. By inspiring this and the Lord wanting it to be noted down, I believe the Lord wants us to take note of the fact that if we're in the position where we've ever wondered, well, wonder what happened to Jacob's brother, this chapter is going to tell us and fill in the gaps for us before we run into them again later. Well, it'll become important to have that background knowledge. But there is more than that going on here because it also demonstrates the fulfillment of God's promise to Esau that he would bless him also in his own way. So while this chapter on the surface is nothing more than a long list of names, and in fact when you read it, it may seem to make no sense, you may not understand what's going on here, that's perfectly understandable, yet the bottom line spiritual lesson being revealed here is that God still blessed Esau like he promised he would, or to say the same thing another way, God was faithful and kept his promise to Esau. Got it? That's what we should walk out of here with today, having wrapped up this section on Genesis chapter 36. God made some promises and he remained faithful to those promises. But you know what? You might ask, well, if we're going to apply that today, what sort of promises have God made to us that we can rely on, that we can be sure he will remain faithful to? He didn't give us the land of Palestine, but he did make us some other promises. And I'd like to conclude our overview of this chapter by looking at some of the promises that God has made for us today. When it dawned on me, I was talking about the fact that God was faithful and kept his promises. I remembered this phrase from the New Testament. 1 John 1 9 says this, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. How is that for a promise, friends? If we confess, he is faithful and he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness cleanse us from our mistakes, from our sinful mistakes. You see, now we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, which is accessed by faith. In other words, to inherit the promises of God, all we simply have to do is trust in his son, Jesus Christ. But I'm sure you'll know that just because you have made that decision and you trust in Jesus Christ, it doesn't mean that you don't sin anymore. So what now happens when you fall down in this regard? 
Well, the promise revealed here, God has made a promise. There it is that if you confess your sins, he will forgive you. So how is that for good news? Do you ever need to embrace that promise, I wonder? Do you ever need to embrace the promise contained within that verse? I sure know I do. Another promise, how about this one? 1 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide you a way out so that you can endure it. No temptation can overwhelm us or overtake us, the promise is here. Now, it also tells us that temptation is common to all of us, but it also points out that God is faithful and will not, will never allow us to be tempted beyond that we are able to endure. And if we are and we fall, he will make a way of escape for us and ensure we will be able also to bear the consequences of any temptation that might have befallen us. So God is faithful to forgive, but also notice it says he provides us, provides us with a way by which we can endure. He is faithful and he provides a way. But that provision of a way to me suggests that there is a process here, something we have to cooperate with in this promised way of restoration. You see, there may still well be consequences of any sinful action, any way we have fallen short post-salvation, but it doesn't affect our actual salvation. And if there are consequences for us in the everyday, in this life, God will not only give us the spiritual and physical resources to overcome these consequences, but the promise is that he will not only do that, but he will also provide the way of escape, a route out for us of any potential consequences. Isn't that good news? But here's even better news. Would you like to know what that way of escape is? Would you like to know the way not only to escape temptation in the first place, but also to not have to suffer the consequences of it? Well, the very next verse in this chapter tells us, it says, therefore, linking it to what has been said before, my beloved, free from idolatry. So we need to trust the Lord. But the point is this, we must never be in a position where we let our guard down because temptation is common to everyone. It comes to everyone. It's common to all people. But the point is, if it does come, he will not only provide us with a way to get out of that temptation, but a way in which to to uh, mediate the consequences of it. And that path out is always to flee from idolatry. It what prevents it in the first place and mitigates the consequences of it. In other words, flee from anything in your life that you are putting before or in the way of God. That's the point of these two verses. The point is God is faithful and that's a promise. And the one who calls us is faithful and the promises and the one who called us, the Lord who called us, has made a promise is that he will not only save us, but that he will carry us through and he will carry us out when we make a mistake or slip up.
1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 23 and 24 tells us this, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. There you go, what a promise. He promises to sanctify us, which simply means to set us apart, to set you apart unto him and to make you perfect in his sight. And not only do that, but to hold you safely in that position. And in the simplest term, this promise is one that he will always remain faithful and always do that for you, no matter what. If you do what he says, if you trust in his son and you come to him and confess your sins, he will be faithful to sanctify you and to keep you set apart unto him always. Okay, one more promise. Back into the text of Genesis again. Maybe the whole point of Genesis chapter 6 is the fact that Esau ended up in Edom. But look at the opening of chapter 37 again. It says, Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. So Jacob, at the close of this chapter, is still in the land of Canaan. God gave a promise to Esau to bless him, and he kept it. And in the meantime, Jacob remained in the land of Israel. He hasn't got what God promised him yet. He's just a sojourner there. He's a stranger in a strange land. He doesn't possess it, not yet anyway, nor any of his descendants, but he is staying there. So what is this telling us? Well, to me, the answer is Esau has received his promise, but Jacob, not yet. I think the point of what we might see here is that some people get blessed and get the promises of God before others. But for, for others that can mean, it. so sometimes it means that we have to show a little bit of patience. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 22 and 23, it says, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. You see, what I believe the writer to the Hebrews is saying is that God has promised us rewards when we finally stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ. But he also, in that, in, in that knowledge, remain patient because we're not there we're not fully there in that place not yet anyway so we just have to be patient sometimes until that time comes on the one hand god is faithful he will do it that's a promise but on the other hand we are called to be patient 
until it happens. It will happen in his time and in the way that is perfect for our spiritual growth and journey. So be patient, beloved. The Lord is always working. You will get everything he has promised you. You'll get all he has promised you, everything, someday. And this chapter in Genesis, well, it illustrates to me that believers must be patient in waiting for the blessings of God. You know, some people have pointed out how it seems that secular blessings, although they're much more superficial, in general they seem to grow more rapidly than spiritual blessings do. May I repeat that opinion? Spiritual greatness appears to take time. But if we think about it, how could it be any other way? It can't be a slow process for us. How can spiritual maturity be ever achieved in a rushed way? But be assured, friends, God is faithful and it will happen. The promised spiritual blessing of God demands patience. And by emphasizing that here in this chapter of Genesis, it's showing us that waiting is often a situation of waiting on the Lord while others seem to prosper. But that in itself is a test of our faithfulness and our perseverance, which if we are patient, we will be rewarded by. So I hope you've got two pockets in whatever you're wearing today, because in one pocket, I want you to put away and keep the promise that God is faithful. And in the other pocket, put the promise and keep the promise that if we are patient, we will grow in spiritual maturity and inherit all of our promised blessings at the appropriate time. Okay, friends, that's it for today. Thank you for joining me. Quick reminder, I told you about those episode notes pages with the links to the transcript, but there's also links to all the ways you can connect to the ministry, whether it be Buzzsprout, the podcast hosting page, or even uh, Facebook or the YouTube channel. Now, just as a pre-warning, later on when we reach the end of Genesis, we're going to be switching any video versions of the podcast and just doing the longer form version of it. It appears to me that less than only three, about 3%, a couple of percent of you are accessing the video version. The main focus of this ministry is the audio version of the podcast. So it seems more sensible to me than to be posting lots of individual videos every day. I shall join together like we've just done three sessions in Genesis chapter 37 and that will be edited together into one video in what I call the long format teaching and that will probably be the direction I go with the YouTube channel. Uh, we're probably not going to start that process till we go into season three. There's lots of links there and lots of ways you can connect with me. But the main thing is to say thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you've been blessed by our time together and the teaching that we're doing together. I find that I'm really being blessed by it and I hope that you are too at some level. Now I'd like to remind you that the, you also have access to some exclusive teaching which is only made available on to my patrons on the patreon website by signing up there you are not only ensuring and supporting this ministry which is primarily the bible project daily podcast 
you're ensuring that it gets on the internet for free and that it stays on the internet for free and giving people the opportunity thousands tens of thousands of people over a hundred thousand now in fact people the opportunity to make not just reading the bible but studying the bible part of the rhythm of their daily lives so whatever way you happen to be supporting this work just by sitting down and listening to it or watching it or by being a patreon i just want to say thank you so much because I couldn't do it without you, and particularly to those people who are praying for me and this ministry. Thank you so much for that. In the future, from September onwards, there's going to be some additional discipleship resources put on the Patreon page, where you can link through the ways in which you can can, uh, maybe develop the giftings that God has given you, starting with some stuff about expository preaching, but also moving into areas of church history and areas where the gospel can intersect with the world at their point of interest in areas like uh, science, psychology and mental health. So I do hope you will find that helpful for those of you that want it. One other thing, if you're really enjoying and appreciating having the Daily Bible Project as part of your everyday natural life, why not think about subscribing? That way you'll make sure you never miss an episode, but also like and share it uh, on any social media platforms that you use. That simply, they tells me, means that this work will be seen by a great many more people. So give more people the opportunity to have the Word of God in their lives. But I think that's it for today. Uh, Nothing more to say other than I've enjoyed our time together and I've enjoyed our time in the Word of God together. So I do hope you'll make the decision to come back here with me tomorrow and uh, on the Bible Project Daily Podcast. Bye for now.